0: And so, if you have a Bible, you can open along with me a familiar place of Scripture to us that continues to contain the depth of God's unsearchable riches in Christ. Matthew chapter 5, verses 45 and 48. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect the sermon that I would like to continue is called called to perfection We know that this is a promised commandment, and it's the inheritance of the saints of all time and generations, and this commandment is addressed by Christ to His disciples only. Therefore, those who do not accept the authority of the person sent to them by God have no relation whatsoever to the inheritance of this commandment, and will likely never have any relation to it. And with regard to the fulfillment of this command, we have stopped to study the purpose of God's righteousness in the heart of a person. What purpose is the righteousness of God in our heart intended to fulfill? And specifically, we have been studying that the purpose of the righteousness of God in our heart, accepted by us in the broken tablets of testimony in which we, with the law, died to the law, so that we could live for the one who died and rose, so that we can receive the affirmation of our salvation in the new tablets that are intended to give God the basis to give us the promise not through the law but through the righteousness of faith just as he had given it to Abraham and his seed.
1: For the promise that he would be
0: the heir of peace was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Romans chapter 4, verse 13. We've noted that the righteousness of faith in our heart is defined by the obedience of our faith to the faith of God, presented in the gospel word, spoken by the messenger of God in the face of a person who represents the fatherhood of God for us. Faith, the faith of God, is that which we hear. Faith is from hearing the word of God, not from what we read, but from what we hear, under the condition that we have prepared our hearts to hearing. And to prepare our hearts means to have a conscience or a heart that is cleansed from dead works. A heart that is not cleansed from dead works will be incapable of hearing this word. It's going, this word is going to be spoken, but people are going to be deaf to it. They won't accept it, they're not going to understand it with their heart. And our faith is the obedience to the preached word of those people who are the mouth of God and the carriers of the revelations of God. And therefore, the covenant of peace in the heart of a person is given to only those people who have called themselves and disciples of Christ, which has allowed them to submit to the order of
1: God, the word of God, the
0: messengers of God. And thus, the covenant of peace in the heart of a person is a result of the obedience of our, his faith to the faith of God. With regard to this, we have stopped to dis- study the path of righteousness in the heart of a person directed to God that discovers itself in the house of the Lord. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will be still be singing and praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pillar. Pilgrimage, Psalms 84, verses 4 through 5. We've also noted that it is impossible to guide a person along paths of righteousness against his will if he does not distinguish paths of righteousness from the paths of his mind or the paths of the wicked and lawless who uphold the wicked. We have stopped to study the paths of righteousness that discover themselves in the heart of a person when he allows the Holy Spirit to lead him to the goals of the adoption of the body with the redemption of Christ with the hand of Moses and Aaron your way, O God, is in the sanctuary who is so great a God as our God your way was in the sea your path in the great waters and your footsteps were not known you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron Psalms 77 verses thirteen,
1: twenty, 20 and 21
0: And so the holy way of God on which he led the people through the waters was comprised of his unknown ways. ways. And we've noted that in Hebrew, a path or way is an imprint or an imprint of a foot or paw on any surface. From the root of this word came these expressions pathfinder studying the nature of the tracks, following the direction of the tracks.
1: Observing the direction of the
0: tracks and the investigator investigating the trail. There, the person himself was not there, but there are the paths, his paths or his imprints or his footsteps. How do we know who these footsteps belong to, where these footsteps are going, what is the character of these footsteps, and to finally follow these footsteps? The person, or person who has left these imprints or these footsteps have already left, now how do we find him? You Using his footsteps. It's easy to follow him when we see him, but if he is not there and we have only footsteps, how do we find him? There are also footsteps of many other creatures and people. How do we distinguish the light of the one or the footsteps of the one whom we must follow from the footsteps of animals and others who have these characteristics of animals? In the present statement, the footsteps of God in the great waters of our heart, along which God leads us by the hand of Moses and Aaron to the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, are determined, as we have already noted, by their nature as unknown paths. The image of Moses' tongue-tied language which Aaron helped explain, leading us along the unknown paths of God to the adoption of our body through the redemption of Christ, is the image of Thummim's tongue-tied language which Urim reveals in our heart. So the truth that we accept in the heart, it is presented in the tongue-tied language of Moses. It is not necessarily understandable to us and we need Aaron. The The image of Urim, the Holy Spirit, who would be able to reveal it to us, because he understands this tongue-tied language. He understands this language of God. This tongue-tied language of Moses figuratively represented the angelic language of, of God, which for people seemed unpleasant. Why is he stumbling upon every word, people thought? But God in this contained great glory in this present image.
1: To follow the unknown
0: footsteps of God through the powers of Thumim and Urim means to be led by the Holy Spirit which is proof that we are the children of God because only the children of God are able to be led by the Holy Spirit for all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God Not all who are baptized in the Holy Spirit with the gift of tongues or not all who are baptized in water and the Holy Spirit in fire. This is not talking about baptisms here. This is talking about being led. Baptism can become non-baptism. It can lose its power and strength. If a person thinks that baptism is spirituality it's not baptism isn't spirituality it's simply a weapon a weapon that is given to us so that we could become spiritual and if we incorrectly use this weapon and we don't even know what this weapon is used for then we are going to be like a person who uh, can't drive a car who was gifted an automobile he can't drive it but he has no license he has no knowledge how to drive it and it stands in his garage Sometimes, periodically, he'll open it. He dusts it off, and he is joyful. I have a car. This is how people rejoice when they receive baptism of the Holy Spirit. One time, I had prayed over one person about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He accepted it. He was filled in the Holy Spirit. He began to speak, and then his face began to darken, and he looked at me, and I asked him, what's going on? He said, I don't feel any kind of joy. I had said, well, how? where did you get it from that you're supposed to experience joy? You already experienced joy when you repented. We experience joy in the vessels of salvation and the sources of salvation. Now, this is strength. It's power, it's not joy. And a kind of power that is impossible to feel physically it's information that we received that we have accepted this power you will accept power when the Holy Spirit descends upon you and you will be witnesses unto me you won't be uh, you won't accept joy because joy you've already accepted it when you accepted salvation you accepted the seed when a child is born there is great joy for example and this is already completely different that we're talking about here this is power of the Holy Spirit this power is given for certain actions and so it is Urim in the face of the Holy Spirit that is called to reveal the truth in the heart that is sealed in the format of Thummim it should never be forgotten that if a person baptized in the Holy Spirit does not make the effort through instruction and in faith to receive into his heart two great witnesses who stand before God of all the earth in the dignity of Thummim and Urim the significance of his baptism will cease to be baptism and will be lost The signs by which we should determine that we have Thummimunarim in our heart and that God is known in the dwelling of our heart as the protector of our body from corruption and death is well stated in the characteristics of the prophecy of Isaiah let the wilderness and its cities lift up their voice the villages that Kedar inhabits let the inhabitants of Selah sing let them shout from the top of the mountains let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the coastlands the Lord shall go forth like a mighty man he shall stir up his zeal like a man of war he shall cry out yes shout aloud he shall prevail against his enemies I have held my peace a long time I have been still and restrained myself now I will cry like a woman in labor. I will pant and gasp at once. I will lay waste the mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will make the rivers coastlands and I will dry up the pools. I will bring the blind by a way they did not know I will lead them in paths they have not known I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight these things I will do for them and not forsake them they shall be turned back they shall be greatly ashamed who trust in carved images who say to the molded images you are our gods hear you deaf and look you blind that you may see Who was blind but my servant or deaf as my messenger whom I send who is blind as he who is perfect and blind as the Lord's servant, seeing many things but you did not observe, opening the ears but he does not hear. Isaiah chapter 42 verses 11 through 20 in order to lead a person through unknown ways he needs to gain um, the components or the properties of deafness and blindness that our captain and the fulfiller of our faith had, Jesus Christ and so here we see four different categories the inhabitants dwelling in the wilderness and its cities, the inhabitants dwelling in the villages that Kedar inhabits the inhabitants dwelling on the tops of the mountains and the inhabitants dwelling on the coastlands and these four settlements are the four of one individual person who belongs to the category of God's chosen remnant which are designed to give God the foundation or give the foundation of the Holy Spirit to lead them through unknown ways, following unknown footsteps to the adoption of our body with the redemption of Christ. And in order to give the foundation of the Holy Spirit the right to come out as a mighty man and a man of war so that he may destroy the power of death in our bodies, which is the weapon of the old man in which he trusts, we will consider the presence and actions of these three characteristics in our heart in the fruit of truth, or rather, excuse me, these four characteristics in our heart and the fruit of truth. I'll remind you that wilderness is a format of sanctification in which we separate and forget our people, our Father's house, and the corrupt desires of our uncrucified soul so that we can be prepared for the establishment of a covenant with God. The cities of the wilderness... It's a format of our dedication, in which we, according to the covenant we have made with God, are separated from all that is not holy by nature. A city is something that is covered by walls, something that is separated. Villages that Kedar inhabits is an image of the liberty given to us through Christ in which we are called to stand. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Villages that Kedar inhabits is a freedom-loving tribe, the ancestor of which was Kedar, the second son of Ishmael, the son of Abraham this is the image of our soul liberated from the power of the old man through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ as we have said if the blood of Jesus cleanses us from sin then the cross frees us from the manufacture of this sin which is the old man the programmable device of the fallen cherubim who was given to us through Adam upon his sin fall
1: The freedom of Christ is freedom
0: from sin, which we begin to possess when through baptism into the Lord of into the death of the Lord Jesus, we die to bearing the image of an earthly person or a terrestrial person and become carriers of the image of the heavenly man or the celestial man. Already now in our decaying bodies we become carriers. Of heavenly bodies. And therefore, the phrase, let the voices sing in the villages that Kedar inhabits, is a command to present the members of our body as slaves of righteousness, just as we had previously presented them to slavery and to sin. Dwelling on the tops of the mountains are saints, living by the promises pertaining to the door of their hope, giving us a guarantee to meet with the Lord in the air when he comes to be glorified in his saints on that day.
1: Dwelling on the coastlands is a characteristic
0: of the format of dedication that is surrounded by waters of sanctification and such waters of sanctification washing our dedication to God and guarding our sanctification to God is the fruit of truth presented in our hearts in promises relating to the door of our
1: hope. Behold, children are a
0: heritage from the Lord The fruit of the womb is a reward Like arrows in the hand of a warrior So are the children of one's youth Happy is the man who has quiver full of them They shall not be ashamed But shall speak with their enemies in the gate Psalms 127 verses 3-5 I remember I had grew up in a church where this place of scripture was um, offered for uncontrollable birth. As much children as God gives, as much children you shall have it is God who gives children <laughs> they said I asked a question well does God give the wicked also children when a prostitute gives birth uh, to a child with this is this what God gives <laughs> they said don't blasph- don't be blasphemous and when you uh, give birth to daughters uh, this way scripture is giving birth to sons that's not how we hearing about daughters I asked them you see people don't understand don't understand meanings they don't understand that the Psalms of David almost all are presented in the form out of a parable or a proverb. We see here um, that the arrows in the hand of a warrior is an image So are the children of one's youth. You see, these kind of sons of one's youth uh, can have people who are males and females, because in Christ there is no gender. Young sons is when you proclaim the faith of God, because the seed is the word. As you can see, when a woman begins to proclaim the faith of God, that she is accepted in her heart, she becomes this kind of a person who has these kind of seeds. sons of the youthful sons, she proclaims the promises of God that she relies on. And when we accept these promises, then, independent of the fact that we, if we are men or males or females, we all demonstrate the female function, because in order to accept the seed to be fertilized,
2: it is necessary to
0: have this function as you can see males and females in the spirit have this kind of a function to accept the word but in order to accept as we have said we must have this kind of egg cell this kind of matured egg cell which in scripture is called a cleansed heart a pure heart a heart that is cleansed from dead works this kind of heart is able to accept the seed of life the seed of the kingdom of heaven an uncleansed heart is unable too. These are um, infants and carnal people. We're talking about spiritual things and people oftentimes hearing these words take it literally when they read these kind of places of scripture. Dedication to God, marked in the pursuit of the goal of the adoption of our body with the redemption of Christ, will yield the strong fury of our enemies in the face of the old man with his works. And in order to preserve our dedication to the adoption of our body with the redemption of Christ from the desecration of the desires of the flesh and thoughts, we will need to put a guard in the gate of our mouth, in the fruit of our spirit, in the dignity of of our young sons, both the justification to life and the condemnation to death, is in the fruit of our lips, which are the gates of our whole nature essence. And they are our sons. These arrows that are going to be at these gates, the gates of our lips, are going to protect our lips so that we do not proclaim any kind of other words, because any word is a boomerang that returns right back to us. And so let us get acquainted with the names of the young sons called upon in the dignity of the fruit of our spirit to guard the gates of our mouth to protect our sanctification signified in the adoption of our body with the redemption of Christ. And here are these sons. But the fruit of the spirit is... So again, the fruit of the womb. Fruit of the spirit is... Love, joy, peace... Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Precisely, it is these nine sons that are the definition, state, and atmosphere of the wilderness in our heart, which washes and protects our dedication to the adoption of our body with the redemption of Christ, in which God will speak to our hearts, so that in this dedication He can give us our vineyards and the valley of Acre.
1: National виноградники is a leading
0: and before I read this place of scripture I think all of you have seen um, not a lamp with seven candles but with nine in Israel it's very hard to see a candle or a lamp with seven candles all uh, they all have nine for some reason Israelites look to this lamp more because it is simultaneously the gifts of the Holy Spirit and it is simultaneously the fruit but they don't understand
1: uh, People
0: place them as souvenirs, but in in Israel, and those people who buy these nine candle lamps, they don't understand that these nine candle lamps, these nine candles represent the fruit of the Spirit. They don't understand these things. The fruit of the Spirit, the sons that David had written about who were like arrows at the gates of our lips to protect our dedication, because we have dedicated ourselves to adopt our bodies with the redemption of Christ, and we must protect this dedication therefore behold I will allure her will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her and will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as a door of hope she shall sing there as in the days of her youth as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt Hosea chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 in this prophecy the promise pertaining to the door of her hope consists of three components the return of the formerly lost vineyards, the return of the Acre Valley, and the return of the youth to come up from the land of Egypt. And for the fulfillment of these three components, we should focus our attention to the initial phrase that God uses to make us worthy of himself.
1: Therefore, behold, I will allure her, will bring her into the wilderness, and will speak
0: comfort to her. And only then out of the wilderness which is our heart in which our heart will be able to hear the voice of God and we will be given the right to inherit this promise.
1: And so, we have already
0: paid attention to the fact that the image of the wilderness points to the state of the heart in which God will receive the basis to fulfill His promised word to adopt our body with the redemption of Christ, to give us this seed, to give us this promise so that we could accept it in the soil of a cleansed heart. The verb to allure in Hebrew means to interest. To enrapture with the use of one's strength, to enrapture with one's love, with one's beauty, abilities, the inheritance of incorruptible riches, and with one's purity and his faithfulness toward his unchanging word. You see, before a person is alert, God wants to show him so that he could come to this. God shows this person what he will have if he is allured. On one hand, the flesh resists this kind of alluring because it cannot use its treasures and is dead to being allured to these kind of riches.
2: And on the other hand,
0: the flesh resists this kind of allurement because the price for it is the death of the members of our body. That's why it resists it. Therefore, put to the death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Colossians chapter three, verses five through six. It is in the wilderness to which God allures us and which yields the image of the discipline of sanctification, that we will receive the foundation and power to take off the old man so that we can renew ourselves with the spirit of our mind and be clothed into the new man. And this kind of allurement into the wilderness is a single opportunity to, with the cross of the Lord Jesus, reject our nation, the house of our Father, and the corrupt desires of our soul so that in this manner we can cleanse our conscience from dead works. And this process is tied to great trials in which we will be subject to attack from our flesh as well as carnal Christians.
1: Again, we'll be subject
0: to shame and to great reproach. O oh Lord, you induced me and I was persuaded. You are stronger than I, I have and have prevailed. I am in derision daily, everyone mocks me. For when I spoke I cried out, I shouted, violence and plunder. Because of the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name for I heard many mocking fear on every side report they said and we will report it all my acquaintances watched for my stumbling saying perhaps he can be induced but the Lord is with me as a mighty awesome one therefore my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail they will be greatly ashamed for they will not prosper their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten but O Lord of hosts you who test the righteous and see the mind and heart let me see your vengeance on them for I have pleaded my cause before you God has given uh, us the opportunity to hear to hear to hear Jeremiah's words when he had taken off the old man and upon the sticking off of the old man what he had been endured by. He was allured by God. He went into this wilderness. He says, you have induced me and I was persuaded you are stronger than I and have prevailed. But when I did go there, where did I end up? I ended up in derision. Everyone mocks me. As soon as you begin to become sanctified, you will be um, in a hurricane of mocking. Not in this world. The world respects those who are sanctified so that you know. When the world sees these people because they are a light to them, they with astonishment will look, look upon these people and they bow before them. But those people, who are found in the church, who are carnal, they despise these kind of people. I'm talking to you as a person who has endured all of this upon myself. I was a very young child. And when I was a young child and I came into the church, the church uh, began to shake and, and cry from the presence of God that was upon me. I saw all of them as angels.
1: I never saw any
0: any, since the sins were there but I did not see the sins upon these people I looked at them as they were angels I walked to church like to a feast, to a celebration my heart was always alert there and from a child I had received revelations not understanding that these revelations are great power and strength and when I had simply began to speak people began to come to, to panic how does he have these knowledges and I thought to myself that everyone can understand this you can read it clearly in the scripture but when I began to grow up and when I began to be a young man I had noticed something unpleasant for myself I said no this can't be at one time uh, during a brotherly counseling council meeting, one brother said something negative towards me due to his envy. When I was a child, they did not envy me. But when I began to be a young man to grow up, then envy began to rise up in them. I didn't see this before and I began to notice it. This led me to be in an unpleasant panic. And when I see not hidden envy and hatred hidden with some kind of good words they would speak toward yeah, me. And when I, I see it, saw it clearly. I had shaken, sh- been shaken, not in but faith, but just shaken. And when I was met by people of this world, they had reacted differently toward me. And my sanctification. When I refused to bear arms in the army, I was looked at with astonishment by the officers of higher ranks than I was. But the ministers or the congregants of the church in Belize Belize when I was, they had said, what are you doing? they had met with me. They said, this is going to reproach upon the whole church if you refuse to bear arms. I had said, I'm going to refuse because I am a soldier of Christ. I have already made a covenant with God. Can you imagine the difference between these people? They looked upon me with astonishment.
1: And when... My parents
0: um, were placed into prison, and I ended up in an orphanage. The children that had surrounded me, with astonishment, they looked upon, they looked at me. I was an authority for them. When I began to talk to them about God, they had just surrounded me and listened. The teachers looked at me with astonishment. When I had, uh, when I was in the army, the soldiers looked at me with astonishment. The officers did. And one time I was um, met with a general of God.
2: Excuse me, with a general
0: of the army. This was the last person I had spoken to in the army. He looked at me and he said, you are on the right path. Hold on to it. And I had said to him, General, General, if you think that this is the right path, why aren't you following it as well? He told me, w- looking at his all his medals, he said, I'm too late. I said, look, listen, from history, I know kings had left their thrones in order to dedicate themselves to God. What can a general not do? He said, he weakly and sorrowfully said Have a good, have a good life. He pressed a button, two soldiers came in. they had handcuffed me and took me away and This was when um, when I ended up in in the pr- in the prison when I had ended up in the prison, they asked me, what kind of rank are you, what kind of lever. I didn't even know what they were talking about when they said, what kind of level of a thief are you? Because there exist at different levels. They had said, oh, wh- how did you get in this prison? And I said, because I believe in God. They said, what? It can't be
2: for this. And
0: we began to speak to them.
2: there were around
0: fifty people there there was a a big prison there was a big prison cell all of them were shocked they had listened with Great surprise! They asked me to sing. I began to sing. They gave me the opportunity to walk, um, to walk around. Uh, there was very little place to walk around. They allowed me. They respected me and allowed me to walk around. And I would see how the guardian um, or the watchman, he would open up the window to listen. And other uh, thieves would say, "This is a holy person. If one of you." In his presence is going to swear with bad language I will rip your head off These were convicts and criminals who would say these things Criminals criminals did not swear in my presence. This is not the only instance when criminals would come up to me and say worshiping me, or bowing down to me, not worshiping me, excuse me, bowing down to me, would say, can I sit near you? When I sit near you, it becomes easier for me to breathe. But when I was met with people, Christians, who had fasted many days, I had endured only one thing, envy, shame, and gossip. Yeah, they were my friends, but you know what kind of friends they were? Some of them said to me, you know, we know that you speak the truth. But I'm sorry, when everyone goes against you, I'm going to be silent. I'm not going to be able to protect you, they would tell me. But you should know that I am your friend, that I am for you. Imagine if you say this to God, Lord, when you are going to be reproached, I'm not going to protect your interests. But just know that I know that you are God and not that person that they present you as. Where do you think these people will end up in? They'll end up in hell. That's why, why, why am I talking about all of this? It's to show that sanctification will always Always result in mocking. They are dedicated people and sanctified people that will um, carry the glory of God and will cause envy among among the carnal and cause astonishment among those people who are of the world. You become a light to the world when you take off the old man. Only after this you become a light to the to the world. And that's why.
1: This is the kind of state that Jeremiah had endured. He didn't
0: endure it from the Gentile nations, but from his own people.
1: When Gentiles
0: had held Israel captive because of their sin, they literally got down on their knees before the prophets of Israel and had worshipped them and said to them, You are free
1: you can come with me
0: and I will feed you at the table of kings I will honor you the hair on your head will not fall on the earth if you want to remain here you can remain here no one's going to touch you I will tell my rulers and leaders to give you everything that's necessary but to not touch you this is how they acted toward the prophets of Israel but Israel towards their own prophets this person Jeremiah was thrown into a pit Hit with dirt and he was in a pit waist down that was covered in dirt because he had said, he had spoken the name of God
1: and only the eunuchs
0: understanding that something will happen when the king of Babylon had surrounded and said he's going to die there and they said he's going to die there let's take him and they had um, tied their garments and dropped it down to him and said tie it around your waist because if you hold on
1: to it was, a kind of, uh, it was a kind of dirt that would, um,
0: that would seep you down, and people would die in these kind of pits, um, and the eunuch saved him. And nowadays, prophets are treated in the same way. Towards vessels of so-called prophecies, people act differently. They revere before them, and they place them higher than the written word of God that's what they call them, spiritual or or prophetic vessels. You know that each of you are a prophetic vessel, each of you, and all of you are called to prophesy according to the measure of your faith. Not all of you are prophets, but all of you can prophesy. A prophecy is knowledge that you receive and that which you proclaim to God, to God and among one of you by comforting one another, upholding one another, sharing with one another. Therefore, the process of sanctification that turns our heart into the state of a wilderness is the time when God tests our heart and weighs us on the scales of his justice so that he could simultaneously give us victory over our enemy in order to adopt our body with the redemption of Christ. And so the first component in the adoption of our body with the redemption of Christ is the return of our once lost vineyards. The return of our vineyards that we had once lost will happen after we gain the atmosphere of wilderness in our heart. It is a restoration of justice in the gates of our lips. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant plant. He looked for justice, but behold, oppression. For righteousness, but behold, a cry for help. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 7. Why did God uh, take away the vineyards that he had covered with protection? Isaiah had sang out to it, he said, I will sing out to my beloved about the vineyards of my beloved.
1: He had planted it and he had
0: waited for it to bring fruit. And it bore wild berries. And he said, Isaiah had said, What shall I do with the vineyard of the Lord? I have done everything for it, but Israel had turned against me. He says, this is what he says, He looked for justice, but behold, oppression for righteousness, but behold, a cry for help. This is what had occurred.
1: God had waited for justice, instead of justice he had received hypocrisy, double standards, envy from the people,
0: and he had destroyed this vineyard, and now he says, at the door of your hope, before I will rise up on the heavenly clouds to take you, I will return to you your vineyards. And he said, he didn't say this to everyone, but to his chosen remnants, those who waited for it, those who had taken off their old man. The second component in the adoption of our body with the redemption of Christ is the return of the Valley of Achor that we once lost that resulted in troubling memories. Achan, the son of Zerah out of the tribe of Judah violated the law of Moses when he touched what was holy unto the Lord for which the anger of the Lord ignited on all of Israel
1: and to calm the anger of the Lord all of the Israelites let him out of the valley of Achor and hit him and all that was
0: with him with rocks and burned him in fire then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold his sons, his daughters, his ox and his donkeys, his sheep his tent and all that he had and they brought them to the valley of Achor and Joshua said why have you troubled us? the Lord will trouble you this day so all Israel stoned him with stones and they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones for they raised over him a great heap of stones, still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. Joshua chapter 7, verses 24 through 26. Pay attention. All that he had, his young children, children who were still feeding from the breast, his young sons, daughters, his oxen, donkeys, all of what he had,
1: all of it,
0: all that he had taken, what was holy unto God. And this, what was holy unto God, was an image of the promise that relates to the Dwarver Hope. This was the promise about the adoption of our body with the redemption of Christ this was holiness unto the Lord. He had taken it through an an unlawful way. He wanted it, but he took it through an an unlawful way. He was found under the law, and this belonged to people under grace. That's why this was holy unto the Lord. But he had taken it, and he had um, buried it in the middle of his tent. He wanted it. He had fallen in love with it. He wanted it. And it might seem that this is scary, but God says, I will return to you the valley of Akor," meaning I will resurrect Ahan,
1: I will resurrect
0: all that he had, I will resurrect because with Achan the people of Israel had lost the promise related to the door of their hope and God said I will return this to you at the door of your hope this is an image for us Again, I will repeat that the image of what was sworn was a promise that was called to adopt our body with the redemption of Christ. To enter into the inheritance of this promise, it was necessary with the law to die to the law in order to receive the authority to reign the resurrection of Christ in our body, which is what had happened with Achan. In order to have this, what he had taken, he needed to die... To to the law with the law. We also die to the law with the law to have this promise. We die in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was an image, an example. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them.
2: And there they are, hidden
0: in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. Joshua chapter 7 verse 21. Take a look. Where was it covered? In the ground, in the earth.
1: He had accepted
0: this promise in the soil of his heart. The tent was his body, an image of his body. When we accept this promise, then in order for this promise to become lawful we must with the law die to the law the image of the Babylonian garments why did we fall so much in love with them why do we covet it because this promise contains a series of these kind of um, components these wonderful beautiful components it's not just a single promise uh, that we accept the adoption of our body with the redemption of Christ to accept the adoption for this we need to accept Babylonian garments as well which were holy unto the Lord, and it's an image of justification that was necessary to accept, and the resurrection of Christ as a gift of grace. Jesus Christ was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised up because of our justification. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. Um, Babylon garments were multicolored garments that was an image of grace, which Jacob had sewn for his son Joseph, for which Joseph had paid a, um, a high price to be a carrier of these kind of garments, this kind of tunic. There was a price that had to be paid and he did pay it. He was found in in a pit in a great big hole. Not his enemies it wasn't his enemies who threw him. It was his brothers who threw them there due to this envy, due to these Babylonian garments. This is this dedication. He was dedication, dedicated to his father. He was a pure child. The brothers had lied and deceived the father. He never did. The others were saying that they loved their father, whereas they really weren't. And Joseph truly did. And, and Jacob had sewn this tunic and it called out envy. Righteousness will always call out envy among carnal people. It also caused envy among the most beautiful of women. She also had these kind of garments. Of her, it said, she is going to the king with these beautiful garments, in these multicolored garments, these Babylonian garments. They're an image of justification or righteousness that we receive as a gift of grace through the redemption of Christ. The image, the 200 shekels of silver that was holy unto the Lord for which Achan had died in order to uh, receive it in the resurrection of Christ for which we die too is an image of divine theocracy that is called to be a shield of the Most High for us and the shadow of the Most High. 200 shekels of silver, an image of the order in the body of Christ, an image of the veil. Now in all Israel, there was no one who was praised as much as Absalom for his good looks. For the soul, from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. And when he cut the hair of his head at the end of every year, he cut it because it was heavy on him. When he cut it, he weighed the hair of his head at 200 shekels according to the king's standard. 2 Samuel chapter 14, verses 25-26. Of course, this is an image. He had perished because he had cut his head every year. He wasn't supposed to, but this hair had weighed him down. Only when the veil does not is not heavy on us, but bring joy to us, um, will we f- be pleasant, or we will be f- will we find favor. I would not want my veil, my authority to be heavy upon others, to serve as heaviness upon them, as fear upon them. I would not want my authority to do this. And I don't want to have this kind of heaviness upon people. I want people to rest under this weight, to be comforted and satisfied under this veil. Those who will be satisfied under this veil and who, on whom it will not be heavy, um, because it is heavy upon carnal people. Absalom was carnal. If he was spiritual, he would not have sh- cut his hair. He would have been a Nazarene. Yes, he had good looks, but he had cut the hair of his head. This is an image for us. He had refused this veil upon him, the protection of the Most High, this godly and divine order. Furthermore, the image of the gold weighing 50 shekels that was holy unto the Lord is an image of the liberation from the law of sin and death given in the Holy Spirit on the feast of the Pentecost then you shall cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month on the day of atonement you shall make the trumpet to sound throughout all your land and you shall consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants it shall be a jubilee for you and each of you shall return to his possession and each of you shall return to his family Leviticus chapter 25 verses 9 through 10 Uh, you see here this is talking about a kind of wonderful liberation when God had cleansed sins. Cleansing is justification when God blots out the sins from His memory. In Israel, this was an image. This was only one time a year when this had happened. Sins didn't go anywhere, but there was a uh, the feast of the Pentecost the, of cleansing. When all of the sins that were covered, that didn't go anywhere, the, co- the sins were covered, they weren't um, cleansed. But there was one day a year when this was celebrated where two, uh, where two animals were brought. There was a lot that was, uh, that was thrown out, one for God, one for the Azazel, one for the Azazel. And when it was a fall out as a sacrifice unto the Lord, then this animal was taken. The priest had laid his hands on it, and confessed or confessed all of the sins of Israel upon them. After this, this animal was killed, brought as a sacrifice. The blood was brought into the sanctuary and covered all of that which was in the sanctuary and in the Most Holy of Holies. And in this manner, God had a cleansed through the son, through the blood of His Son in the image of this, uh, of this animal, this sacrifice. He had cleansed all of Israel from their sin. He had blotted it out from his memory. This memory even of it did not exist, but this was simply an image. Then, these same sins,
1: were brought in Azazel.
0: Um, in our translation, it is called something else. In the original, um, in the original, it's Azazel, which is a demonic creature.
1: This is what this animal
0: was called. But translators, they were too afraid to translate this because they thought that the Gentiles would read it and not understand. They would think that. Um,
1: Зря они так думали. It's unfortunate that it was translated incorrectly
0: because the Holy Spirit is needed to interpret Scripture or translate it. Therefore, the priests would lay their hands upon this, this, this sacrifice and would also confess the sins of the same ones that were spoken upon the other sacrifice that was already brought to God. And proclaiming the same sins upon now this sacrifice, it means that the sins that were proclaimed upon that sacrifice is now upon this Azazel in order to
1: to
0: show that he will be resurrected to show that that sacrifice will be resurrected the sins must be transferred. Jesus had justified himself in the spirit. Justified meaning transferring the sins from one sacrifice to another to to another animal and now when this Azazel was killed, his blood was not placed into the um, into the temple into the sanctuary
1: um, this a uh,
0: person defiled from this kind of sacrifice he had to take off his garments wash his body and then he would be unclean until the evening so for us to understand what had occurred 50 shekels is an image of cleansing, image of justification. It's an image of when God does not impute sin to us. God in Christ had reconciled himself to the world, not imputing to people their sins, and has given us the word of reconciliation. He does not impute to those who accept his justification on the conditions of God.
2: Only then does God not. If we
0: proclaim our sins, then he, being uh, faithful and just, will blot out our sins from his memory. Yes, they might remain in your memory, you'll be reminded of them, but don't pay attention to this. If you have come before God to his person, if you have confessed him, because you can't come directly to God, he has a representative to whom you must go to. There was the priest um, back in the Bible, and any person bringing a sacrifice for sin, he had to confess their sin, he had to tell the priest of this sin what he had done. Then the priest, what he would do is um, basically, Based on the sin, he would know how to bring a sacrifice. A person himself, he didn't know. He just confessed the sins, but he didn't know how. Um, Therefore, when you come and confess your sins, and then a man of God proclaims justification and righteousness, and this is information, this is not what you're going to feel, this is what you are going to know. This is what the 50 shekels of silver had signified. And if the Valley of Achor was an image of death that reigned in the body of man, then the return of the Valley of Achor is a casting out of death from our body for the resurrection, restoration of life or our liberation from the law of sin and death and our guarantee to meeting with the Lord in the air. The third component in the adoption of our body with the redemption of Christ is the return of our youth lost in Edom which will allow us us to leave out of slavery to the land of Egypt. He also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among his tribes. Psalms 105, verse 37, another place of Scripture. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these forty years. You shall know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so let the Lord your God chastens you. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 through 6. Pay attention. This is talking about youth.
1: When your body stops decaying. Because when we are born, as soon as we are born, we
0: begin to die. In that same day, we begin to die. Even when there is uh, when a child is conceived that same day of conceivement,
1: we begin to perish to die
0: david had said i was conceived in um in lawlessness and in sin my mother gave birth to me because the seed of the father contains the DNA the program of sin that is transferred on from from Adam this old man and so it says when I had brought you out what did I give you it says there was no one ill among them in other words this means that God had destroyed decay in the body because it is impossible it, it wasn't in the literal sense but figuratively they all were were healed all of them were healed in this night of Pesach whoever didn't have a hand whoever didn't have an ear whoever didn't have a leg all had received their arms their legs whoever was missing an organ everything was restored the blind begin to see, the lame begin to walk. This is an image of youth. When this promise will gain power, we will receive this youth. And all the illnesses, ailments, even those we were born with, they will momentarily...
1: They, excuse me, they will right away they will right away
0: disappear because when you come out you will sing as in your youth as you have left you will sing of your youth this youth that a person will receive We have already received this youth. We have already received justification. We have already received our Aiken, our promise, the adoption of our body with the redemption of Christ. This promise was raised up in our hearts and we await to bring it into our body it is already existing in our body it is found in our faith in our conscience in our renewed thinking and we wait for it It's very important for all of you to understand this because people wait for... that this is literally supposed to happen now. This will happen when God finds it necessary. Two thousand years ago, people already began to accept this promise. David accepted this promise and had it in himself. And despite the fact that he died, he said, I am dying in my new body. David was already a carrier carrier of the celestial body all prophets, all the prophets of God were carriers of this body although they had died in their body they had said but I am dying in my new body
2: Joseph had said
0: I am dying in the grave of my father carry me there Why there? Because in this death,
1: when Abraham had died,
0: he had died. He had said, "I die in my new body." He, by faith, had accepted it, knowing that it had not yet occurred. He waited for um, for Abraham. He waited for God and he had rejoiced in this this tells us that Abraham the father of faith had accepted this promise we can't be called the children of Abraham if Abraham had not accepted this then we can accept it we must know why had he become a friend of God because he had believed he had considered himself dead to sin called the inexistent existent continue to rejoice Continue to proclaim with your lips the inexistent as existent. Speak frequently, often, and think, meditate upon this often about the meditation or the, excuse me, the adoption of your body. Every time you go to shower, and I do this, I'm telling you what I do. Every time when I go to take a shower, I begin to wash myself. When I begin to bless my body and thank God and say, Lord, I thank you for my new body, my heavenly body. I view it as um, a heavenly body that I'm already carrying this heavenly body because only those who do this they will receive it because all that God does with us he is going to do to this interesting army our renewed thinking and our pure lips which we had talked about on Friday let the meditations and the words of my mouth be acceptable uh, unto you they are one army. They are two disciplined horses, and our uh, un- renewed mind and our proclamations. I will keep my lips so that nothing evil, dirty, can come out of my mouth, and that which does not coincide with instruction and faith, our lips must be bring um, grace to those who listen to it. We are going to pray together. And I believe, I know that God is with you. He is with me. He is here. And each time we come to this place, we are met with the Lord. We honor the Sabbath. Today, we again are found in the state of the Sabbath, in the state of God's glory. And God demonstrates his light to us. We are going to pray. And all those who desire to um, to challenge their fears that they're not going to have enough time, the Holy Spirit will never give you these kinds of of thoughts that you're not going to have enough time this is what Satan tells you, he's the father of lies when a thought comes about well when I was a child for example a child comes or excuse me, a thought comes and says God doesn't exist even as a child, no one taught me this but I would laugh to myself and say if he would not exist you wouldn't tell me of this
1: each time this thought
0: comes that God is not here that the God does not exist it just means that he is I know that for every thought the devil stands behind this every thought because I've told you before that as a child I had seen the angels of God with my eyes, their work and I had seen the angels of Satan work I had seen the angels of God I had seen how angels of God had taken people from the earth And I had said, Lord, I also want this
1: and he had said it's
0: not time for you yet I wanted the angels of God to take me from this earth I saw that God had taken some people from the earth I saw this with my spiritual my spiritual eyes I believe that that which I speak is also a vision You, your imaginative thinking is working and so let us bend our knees and bow our heads and let us pray and all those who desire to challenge every sin, every dependence every fear, every illness we wait for you at the altar, we will pray the Lord is for you so that in this place he can cleanse you, wash you take away every guilt
1: blot out blot out
0: your sins from his memory Amen, let us pray I will pray along with you with your prayers, and I ask you to deeply believe in the fact that God is truly for you, He is not against you. He has enough faith and enough abilities to deliver you from every kind of evil and every kind of dependency. Your eyes closed, this is an element of your mystery room. Your hands raised as a sign that your hands are raised without anger and wrath and doubt. And so pray along with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. I come to you with pain in my heart you see my wounds that are brought by sin you see chains that I am tied by you see in the snare which I am caught up in I ask you free me deliver me from sin forgive me wash me I love you I accept your word and right now before heaven and hell I want to proclaim
1: that according to your word
0: I am washed I am cleansed I am healed I am restored I am justified I am saved
1: your sins and transgressions
0: are forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you may he come upon you with his holy face and Have mercy upon you and give you peace. May around you fall thousands and tens of thousands around you and not draw near you. May the blessings of their everlasting hills and the ancient mountains come upon you. May all this come upon you and upon your descendants and may it be fulfilled upon you. And let the people say, Amen.
1: God is vigilant over his word so that
0: it could be fulfilled in its correct time. Right now, he has thrown your sins into the lake of fire. He has drowned them with the great waters of the sea and he has uh,
2: spread them out as far as
0: the east is from the west.
1: This is what happens when a person confesses his sins, leaves them,
0: and comes to God now you can rejoice you don't need to feel this joy you need to just simply know and when
2: you begin to
0: proclaim your knowledge let it be to me according to your word I am justified Lord then this begins to occur
1: let us all do
0: this kind of proclamation together raise your hands like this and along with me proclaim this proclamation Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ I thank you for my justification. I confess it, proclaim it as a gift of grace. I am clothed in it. You are my righteousness. You are my justification. You are my life. You are my glory. Amen.
1: May the Lord bless you. May the
0: peace of God be with you. Our next service will be on Tuesday at 7 p.m. And you may now greet one another.
1: what we had just done
0: do this every single time you stand before God in prayer don't think of your sins rather think what God has done for you He has already justified you thank Him for this and this is going to help you rise up against sin